So if we're going to be a multi-generation leaders that will defeat our giants, older generation, younger generation, we have to do two things together. We have to listen to each other and we have to trust each other. That was Pastor Gilbert Fuliente in one of our monthly Every Nation Philippine staff meetings. In this episode, we're going to listen to a message that's relevant today. How can we lead together despite age differences and preferences? What does it mean to be part of a multi-generational church? We will never ever have a kiddie table. We're going to be doing this together and we will give younger leaders a platform and an opportunity to do something significant. Welcome to the Leading Together podcast, where we take an inside look on how we develop a leadership culture at Victory and Every Nation Philippines. We believe that leadership is best done together, and that's why we do this podcast. We hope this helps you lead better together. I'm Ryan. I'm part of our creative team in Victory and Every Nation. And I'm Elle, a campus missionary from Every Nation Campus. We're glad to have you listen to this episode of Leading Together about multi-generational leadership. When we say multi-generational, we mean that different generations are represented. According to most studies, millennials are those born between the 1980s until around 1996-1997. Then those who are born around 1998 onwards are Gen Z. Now, in our church, we have a good representation of leaders from all generations. Our pastors and staff are also diverse in terms of age. Because of this, we see that differences continue to grow. How should we respond to these according to the Bible? In this podcast, we're going to take a closer look at multi-generational leadership from the story of Saul and David. Here's the message from the Every Nation Philippines president, Pastor Gilbert Foyente. Last month, we had our Every Nation pre-conference, and I really believe our, our uh, ENZ leaders have done a terrific job, not just only for the pre-conference in our staff convergence, but during the conference. We're going to get a, a brief report on that later on, but I just want to give a shout out to uh, Pastor Jeng, Pastor Dave, our events team, and the rest of our ENZ team. Palakpakan naman natin lahat. They have done... Such a great job. Pastor Jeng is here. Mamaya tatawagin natin si Pastor Jeng. Alright? But now we're going to talk about as much as we believe in next generation leadership and reaching the next generation, we believe that the only way for us to be able to defeat the giants that we're facing is to be able to work together through multiple generations. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning multi-generational leadership, which we've all heard. We've all heard this maybe many times before, but I hope that we will not get tired of hearing it because that's one of the things that we value in this movement. Uh, now, before we do that, magkaroon lang tayo ng konting interaction, okay? How many of you have ever played this or that? This or that? Ano yung preference mo? This or that? So, maglalagay lang ako ng tatlong categories. Halimbawa, movies or TV shows. This or that. Okay, first this. This. If this is you, kung nandito kayo, raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand. Kung ka, nandiyan kayo, mag-type kayo. Yung mga... Ano, ano nga? Sinong nakakala? Si Pastor CJ. Ano nga ito, Pastor CJ? <laughs> Next, kunwari ka ba? Hometown cha-cha-cha, di ba? Or that, ito yung isa. Sino sa inyo mas gusto to? Yung patayan. Mga pa- 
Magkakaroon ng Matrix 4 this December. Okay. So, medyo hati ng konti. When it comes to music, sino sa inyo this? Ito yung this. Mas natin. This. Yan. Sino to? <laughs> si, yan, si Bishop Ferdy yan. Kaya ni Bishop Ferdy yan. Yung mga ganyan. Gusto uh, nyo ba na sample? <laughs> wala. Wala, wala. <laughs> okay. So, iba. Ito, ito naman. That. How about this? Yan. <laughs> kilala nyo ba yan? Yung iba hindi kilala. Ang tawag dyan, Billie Jean or Donda ba yan? Okay. Isulat nyo na lang yan. Kanye West. Si Brother Kanye. Uh, brother Kanye ni, uh, ni Pastor Larian kaya binibili yung shoes kasi brother in the Lord daw but uh, how about this yung uh, if you want games you want to play this games sino yung <laughs> street basketball magdadaan ka malajor or do you want to play this game yeah <laughs> iba hindi nakakasunod kung ano to now if you look at our answers for those who are here and for those who are typing, we probably, we, we probably would choose different things. And that goes to show that all of us have different preferences. And a lot of times, our preferences are informed by our personality, our background, our gender, and sometimes by our generation. Ba? Yung ibang generation, mas gusto yung backslide ni Michael Jackson. Bishop Ferdy. <laughs> yung iba, mas gusto yung mga K-pop. And it's because of generational differences. And again, that is something that's not right or wrong. That is the beauty of diversity. And that's something that we celebrate. And I hope that you and I feel the same way when it comes to our movement. In No matter what the differences are, gender, personality, background, or generation, we want to celebrate that together. Now, we're going to look at Saul and David today. And if you look at Saul and David, they are very different. Personality, background, generation. And yet, it is only through working together with those different generations that they were able to defeat the giant that was facing them. And I want to say today, state the obvious, that we're all facing this giant of a pandemic that has thrown our lives and thrown our ministry into the unknown. And a lot of us do not know what to do, isn't it? This pandemic has caused isolation. I really appreciate what Pastor, uh, Pastor Keith said. Isolation, hindi tayo nagkikita-kita. Pag nagkita pa, may social distance pa. Tapos nakamask ka pa, nakashield ka pa. So it has caused isolation. It has caused frustration. Because some of the things that you were hoping to happen, things that you planned to do, suddenly, it all disappeared. Lahat ng plano mo, lahat ng expectation mo, lahat ng gusto mo, parang nawala na lahat. And it's causing anxiety. It's causing fear. There are so many things that this pandemic has done to us. And it's a giant that can only be defeated, I believe, when we work together across generations, just like Saul and David did. Now, a lot of times when we talk about leadership, and this is about multi-generational leadership, we, uh, the, the books have been written about passing the baton. 
Diba? Pagka inisip mo, tawagin natin ang isang younger generation leader dito. Nandiyan po si Pastor Jeng. Pastor Jeng? Uh, Pastor Jeng, palakpakan naman natin si Pastor Jeng. Diba? Multi-generational leadership. Diyan ka, Pastor Jeng. May baton. Ito yung older generation leader. Yun yung younger generation. Usually, ganyan yan. Lagot ka sa akin pag hindi ka sumunod. Diba? Hindi, 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 hindi tayo ganun. Sabi ni Pastor Jun sa kanila raw, hindi ganito eh. Latigo raw yung sa kanila, <laughs> but, but usually, paano ba to Ayaw na pumasok. <laughs> usually, itong baton <laughs> Usually, we pass the baton. <laughs> we, usually, the picture is the younger generation leader is running. <laughs> Pwede na yan. Pwede na yan. The younger generation is running and <laughs> and what happens is what happens is ako yung younger generation. Ah, tama ba? Uh, dapat dun ka pala. Ako yung older, tumatakbo and we've seen this. And then I've said, I've led and I'm leading and now I'm giving this to you and it's your time to lead. And then he runs with it. And I stop. I stop leading. Now it's your time to shine. Right? It's your time to lead. Now if you look at the Olympics since 2021 in Tokyo, the United States has always been the favorite when it comes to 4 times 100 meter relay. Pero nakita natin, instead of them winning the gold and winning the championship during the Tokyo Olympics, makita natin, ayaw ko may picture, they placed six. They were number six. And the reason was because of a failure to pass the baton properly. And if you think about this, ito nakakadawa, for the past 11 Olympics and World Championships relay, the USA has always been the favorites. For the past 11 championships, world championships, and Olympics, they've always been the favorite, and yet they've always lost. They were skilled, they were fast, they were trained well, but they've always lost because seven out of the 11 times, they failed in passing the baton properly. Why? Because it's hard. Yung isa tumatakbo, yung isa hindi naman nakahinto, tumatakbo na rin yan. So, paano ako tayo tumatakbo habang binibigay mo? <laughs> so, tumatakbo, ang hirap. Now, imagine, that's not even the picture of our multi-generational leadership. The picture is, I give this to him, and he keeps running, and I keep running, and wherever he runs, and wherever I run, we need to run together. This is the picture of multi-generational leadership. I'm not letting go. He's not letting go. We are doing this together. This is the picture of what we are in this movement. Older, younger, younger, you're older than a younger, you're older than a younger, and we now have multiple generations of leaders. By the grace of God, we will defeat our giants as we lead together and work together across the generations. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Jeng. Now, let's look at... What we can learn from Saul and David. There was a Guardian article that I read, I think this was two years ago, that says this. The generation gap is back. 
And we've heard of that term many times over. But there was a time because of the globalization, they said there's no generation gap anymore. Because the music that the older generation, Beatles, pinapakinggan din ng mga anak natin yan. Alam nila yung Michael Jackson. So fashion, yung nating fashion, sinusuot din. So sabi nila wala ng generation gap. But now this article is arguing it is back. But not as we know it. Not because they prefer things differently when it comes to music and fashion and language. And here's the assertion. He said, there is an ideological conflict brewing between woke millennials and an older generation. A conflict where neither understands the other. Pag natin some of the millennials in the house, can you raise your hand if you're a millennial? Okay, sometimes the millennials feel bad that they get a bad rap from the older generation. Sinasabihan, ay, entitled lang kayo, ay, lazy lang kayo, ah, wala kayong discount sa buhay, ay, response. So, they feel bad. So, how do they respond? Okay, boomer. So, they try to marginalize the older generation and say, you don't understand us. And the thing is, the difference is not with preferences anymore, it's ideological. And that's happening in churches and denominations. And I'm glad it's not happening here in every nation. Tama, di ba? Lahat tayo nagmamahalan. Lahat tayo siniset aside yan. Now, if you look at Saul, Saul represents the older generation leaders. And David would represent the younger generation leaders. Now, I want to note this. In, in a movement like ours, magfo 40 years na tayo, we now have several layers of generations in our movement. So most of us, those of you who are here, most of us are in the middle generation where there's an older generation ahead of us and there's a younger generation behind us. That's most of us. Siguro yung wala na lang, yung pinakamatanda, Pastor Nixon. Yun na yun, wala nang older sa kanya, <laughs> Dr. Nixon. O kaya yung pinakabata, wala nang younger sa'yo. But most of us, there are people who are older and there are people who are younger. So we can learn something from Saul and David. Now, I was telling uh, the executive team yesterday, uh, because the Bible is a mirror. Diba? A mirror, which means if you hold it, you see yourself. The Bible is not a window where you look at it and you point to someone else. So pag tinignan natin, Saul, older generation, David, younger generation, we don't want to say, eh, kayong mga older o kayong mga younger. You put it in front of you and say, I need to be like this. This is me. And I need to learn to lead like this. Now let's, Turn to Isaiah, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read in verse 38 to 47. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook 
and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Verse 41, And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give you the de- and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all that this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Lord, the battle is yours. Yes, we're facing giants in this nation. We're facing giants in our ministry. We're facing giants in the nations. But Lord, we know as we work together like Saul and David did, we will be able to defeat every giant that we face. So Lord, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, for Saul, here are the things that he did. Number one, Saul gave David an opportunity to do something significant. So if you're the older generation, there's a younger generation coming up behind you. This is a good thing to do. Always give them an opportunity, a platform to do something. When the words in verse 31 that David spoke were heard, they were repeated them before Saul. I mean, can you imagine? Ito si Saul, usap-usapan, nakarating sa kanya, there's this young kid, teenager, 13, 14-year-old, who said, I can defeat this giant. King Saul could have easily dismissed him. Anong alam nito? He's only a boy. He's inexperienced. He's young. He's not trained. He did not go to the school of killing giants. Who is he that I'm going to give him this responsibility, this platform, this opportunity to be able to win a victory for the whole nation? But Saul gave him that opportunity. You know, one of the things that I will always be grateful for in this movement, and I hope all of us are, is that our older generation leaders, our founders, have always trusted younger leaders who have no experience, no training, no knowledge, no Bible verse, no skill. I remember when Bishop Manny and I were in Hawaii, 2003, they were, they were, there were a few pastors there and we remembered when we were starting here in Victory, and we were being asked by the pastors there, how come you've had many leaders in the Philippines? What happened? And without, without even talking to each other, Bishop Manny and I had the same answer. Pastor Steve trusted us. He gave us a platform. He gave us an opportunity to be able to do something significant with the so little we can offer at that time. We want to keep doing that. No matter how untrained and unskilled and inexperienced the younger generation is, we will keep trusting them. We will refuse to have two tables. 
Yung, alam niyo yung para makainan sa mga family, may adult table at may kiddie table. We will never ever have a kiddie table. We're gonna be doing this together and we will give younger leaders a platform and an opportunity to do something significant. Now let's look at David. David, younger leader, did not act out in isolation. In verse 26, David said to the men who stood by him, I can defeat this giant. David already knew. He was confident with his skill, his training, his knowledge, his know-how. He's got courage. He's got faith. I can do this. Nobody believed him. What did he do? Did he say, I don't care what you believe. I'm going to do this. No, he kept working with people who were not giving him a platform. Hindi niya sinabi, ayaw ko bigyan ng platform, kukunin ko yung platform. He kept trying to convince them. Eventually, it got to Saul. Saul didn't want to. But he kept saying, I can do this. He did not lead or act out in isolation. And the folly of younger leaders like me <laughs> is to sometimes think, I have the answer. I have the solution now and I don't care what everybody thinks and I don't care if you agree or not. Younger leaders, people have to agree with us. Our leaders have to agree with us in order for us to be able to work together. We cannot act out in isolation. Second, what did Saul do? Saul wanted to protect David. In verse 33, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're but a youth and has been a man of war from his youth. Here was Saul. He did this not because he did not trust David. He did this because he wanted to protect him. And a lot of times, older leaders would make a decision not because of a lack of trust, but because of a Desire to protect. And if we're the older leaders, hindi pwedeng, uh, ako na ngayon, ngayon, bibigyan kita ng napakaraming responsibility, patay ka sa akin pag hindi nangyari yan. Bigyan muna kita ng konti, maliit muna. Then palakihin natin, tingnan natin kung kaya. Para yung weight training, if I give you a thousand pounds, it will crush you. And so that's the reason why if you're an older generation leader, we're very we're not hasty in laying on of hands, the Bible says. It's not because we don't trust. It's because we want to protect them. And that's the heart of Saul. We're slow in hiring and ordaining because we want to protect them. David, second thing for David. David prepared himself by being faithful with the smaller stuff. He said in verse 36, Your servant have struck down both lions and bears. Before I asked for the bigger stuff, David said, I prepared myself by being faithful with the smaller stuff. I've grown my victory group. I've led this service. I've grown this. I've made disciples. I've developed leaders. There are, there's a certain faithfulness and preparation that I've done before I can say I'm ready to kill that giant. 
And that's just the thing that we were talking about in the exec- executive team a couple of years back, the leadership pipeline. Sinabi, this, is a, this is a secular book that says, if, if there's a step in the development of a leader, you become an underdeveloped leader. So we have to go through the process. There are times if you're a younger leader that you feel like, why am I not being given the responsibility? Because probably God is developing something in you. Third, for Saul. Saul trusted God to work through David. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. As older generation leaders, ultimately, we're not just trusting the younger generation leaders. Ultimately, we're trusting God. We're trusting that God is working in them and through them. And again, hear me out. As older generation leaders, sometimes that's hard to see. When we see all the faults and all the folly and all the weakness, I'm sure it was hard for Pastor Steve to trust us. But ultimately, he was trusting God. Because ultimately, as older generation leaders, we have to see that the same God that is in us and the same God that is working in us and through us is the same God that is in them, working in them and through them. And we have to trust that God to be able to fulfill the purpose that he has. They might be young and experienced, untrained, but they have the same God. Number three for David. David put his confidence in God. David said, the Lord who delivered me. He knew it was not his skill. It's not his training. It's not his knowledge. And one of the things that's really amazing about the younger leaders today, mga younger leaders, raise your hand. Raise your hand online. I mean, you are more skilled. You are more talented. You have more information and you have more knowledge. But I would like to ask you that you will not put your confidence in them, but you should put your confidence in God. Because ultimately, it is God who will give you the victory. And lastly, for Saul, number four, Saul empowered David to make the decision on what to use for the battle. So David put them off. He took the stuff that that Saul put on him, and Saul did not stop him. Paul did not berate him. Paul did not correct him. Paul, uh, Saul did not say, hey, why are you taking off the armor? I want you to use them. It's proven. It's tested. It has worked before. If you take that out, we've never killed a giant before with that armor. Older generation leaders... We have to be able to trust them, not just to give them position and responsibility. And sometimes, here's, here's what we do as older generation leaders. I'll trust you with a position. I'll trust you with a platform. I trust you with a responsibility. But I'll dictate to you what to do there. I will tell you how to speak. I will tell you what methods to use. I will tell you the model. I will tell you the strategy and how to execute it. So pagkaganoon tayo older generations, medyo kinakat off mo din kasi binigyan mo ng certain platform but you've not empowered them totally and Saul did that. I, I was, I, we're probably pretty sure Saul felt very uncomfortable here. Kung ikaw si Saul, sling, 
stone that he had to trust ultimately that God is working in him and God will work through him. Now here's for David. Number four, David respectfully declined Saul's armor. But here's the thing about David. When Saul said, try this on, he did not reject it outright. Hindi niya sinabing, eh, sa'yo yan eh, panahon mo yan, hindi gagana sa akin yan. He tried it on. He tried it on. And then when he tried it on, he said, uh, this might not work for me. So we don't just reject outright what the older generation is asking us to do or trying to tell us or suggest to us, let's try it on. If it's not working, then try something else. And then what he tried on, what he got instead was something that he has used before, he has tested, and he has been successful with it. So if you may, if you're a younger generation leader, this was not totally new. He has used it. He has tested it. And it has worked with the lion. It has worked with the bear. He, he, has, he has been faithful with this. So hindi ito yung totally new, untested. And kagawin natin to. It has been tested. It wasn't a total, quote unquote, and listen to me, it wasn't a total experiment because they were in the battlefield. You experiment in the battlefield, you die. He has used this before, and he was confident this will work, because it has worked before. Now, let me land this thing. Unlike many older generation leaders, Saul listened, and he trusted, and then he empowered. Unlike younger generation leaders, David listened, David trusted, and David respectfully declined. So if we're going to be a multi-generation leaders that will defeat our giants, older generation, younger generation, we have to do two things together. We have to listen to each other and we have to trust each other. And then ang difference lang, the older ones would empower you and you would respect the older ones. That's the only difference. The first two is the same. Listen, trust, listen, trust, and then empower, and then say, respect. If we want to defeat our giants and if we want this movement to go on for a hundred years defeating the giants that will face it, this is how we need to do it. I'm going to end with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, a totally, totally different scripture. So Dr. Nixon, pasensya ka na sa exegesis ko. <laughs> but I feel like this is something that we all need to hear today. Verse 3, make every effort. Can you say that? Make every effort. Type that. Make every effort. To what? To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If you look at the scripture, we're not trying to be united. We already are. 
Christian Brotherhood, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, this is not an ideal that which we must realize. It is already a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. So our unity is not something we're trying to achieve. It's already real. We already are united in Christ because He already purchased it and achieved it for us. We're united. That's not even, that's not even a, a debate. We are, but the Bible says, make every effort to keep it. Why make every effort? First, because the devil will try everything to attack that unity. That's why make every effort because every chance that the devil can find, he will attack the unity. He will break the unity. He will divide. That's his number one MO when it comes to the people of God. Attack, attack, divide, attack, gap, gap, gap. We have to make every effort because it will always be under attack. Second, we have to make every effort because it will not be easy to keep the unity. It will take effort. Having any set trimmer and one who's preaching, it will take sweat, blood, tears. But that's what we need to do if we're going to defeat the giants that we're facing. Amen? Not just for this generation, but a hundred years from now. So let's work together multi-generation leaders from every generation in our movement. Let's pray. Can we all uh, stand on our feet and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll pray together. If you're in the house, if you can stand, uh, then stand with us and pray. Lord, thank you that you have united us in Christ. Lord, thank you for the vision and the burden and the ownership to reach the next generation. But Lord, we just don't want to reach the next generation. We want to raise a multi-generational leadership team all across our movement. In the provinces, in ENC, in the churches, in Metro Manila, in our movement. Lord, I pray that we, if we're a soul generation to other Davids, Lord, let us learn. If we're a David generation to some souls, let us learn. But I pray, Lord, that all throughout our movement, our leaders would listen and trust you and listen and trust one another. At the end, Lord, I pray that you'd give the grace to us older generation to empower the younger generation and to those younger leaders to respect the older generation. Lord, thank you for the unity of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a very encouraging message on multi-generational leadership. Whether you're in church, managing a business, or leading a team in other industries. It really gives us another perspective about our differences. We don't need to be limited by our generation's characteristics. We can pursue unity together. Here are some discussion questions or things to think about. 1. How can you honor the older leaders in your life? Two. How can you encourage and empower the younger leaders today? If you haven't yet, we encourage you to send a message to thank the souls in your life, those who have empowered you to lead, and to encourage the Davids, the people you're leading now. We hope this conversation gives you the confidence to lead together with any age group. Thanks for listening. If you would like to continue to talk about this, you can discuss this with your Victory Group leader. Or if you're not part of a Victory group yet, you can visit victory.org.ph to find a church near you and get connected.
If this has been helpful for you, or if you think of someone who can be encouraged by this podcast, you can share this with them and discuss it together. See you in the next episode of Leading Together.